Billy Reeves here. Welcome to K-Scope podcast number 80. I trust your world. Coming up in this podcast, new music from Blackfield, Aviv Geffen, Stephen Wilson and Alan Parsons on knobs from North Atlantic Oscillations compilation from the Welsh Music Prizes Welsh Album of the Year, according to HMV, the Anchoress. Some stuff from I Am The Morning, the Prog Magazine Album of the Year, and recently on tour with Stephen Wilson through America, we'll also hear from The Pineapple Thief. Though, to start with, formerly the frontman of Manson, now a solo artist signed to K-Scope, out now from EP2. This is Friends Make the Worst Enemies, Paul Draper.
Friends make the worst enemies. Paul Draper out now. EP2, co-written with Catherine and Davis of the Anchoress fame. And Paul has been working with Catherine and his band on readying his album, Spooky Action, for K-Scope. So I caught up with him recently uh, for a cup of tea in his kitchen and asked him if he was pleased with the reaction of EP1. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we did well in the charts and stuff. We got to number one in its respective vinyl chart and then I think we the physical chart we got to number two in and I think it's all thousands you know so yes I mean you know if you're talking about that aspect of it yeah um the other aspect that's sort of more important to me is did people like it so you know I mean in an ideal world I would have liked to have done four original songs on it but I think we did three original songs on it and a really high quality remix from the Twilight Sad so yeah that passed the am i happy with it test and then you get down into the sort of details of are you happy with the songs are you happy with the mixing of it are you happy with everything that's recorded and where it is in terms of the production and yeah you know you know there's there's holes i can pick in everything forever but you have to sort of let (laughs) it go um but yeah you know i think it went down well and Mm -hmm. and um Obviously, I did a song on there with Stephen Wilson, No Ideas, um, which seems to have gone down okay with his fans, most of them as well, which is yeah, always handy. Di- always, you know, always, always difficult as well with his fans. What about the second one then? Did you have an idea of what the second one would be, what it would sound like when you were doing the first one? Was there a, was there a plan or is this a sort of organic movement into this next record? Okay, in, into EP two, yeah. Um, yeah, we ho- always had an idea of what the A side was would be, and then we worked on it for about six weeks from scratch, and then scrapped it, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> because we thought it was uh, too poppy, okay. um, I just didn't didn't couldn't get it right. I couldn't get. I kept mm-hmm. snipping bits out of it, and in the end, it was like less than three minutes. So we just went back to basically. An, an album track that we'd finished for Spooky Action from a while back and just thought, well, this is sort of classic me, really. And, mm. and we went with Friends Make the Worst Enemies, which was a different track, which was more or less finished and yeah. just hanging around. You know, it wasn't mm. in the vaults. It was, it was you know, re, you know, it's ready to be on the album next year. Mm. And so we, th- so, so, so we changed it to that one at the last minute, really. Mm. And, and we put the EP back a couple of weeks and tarted it up a bit, mm. added a few backing vocals and, you know... Um, tighten the keyboard up and, and off we went. We mixed when, it. And when you it. say we, are you talking the band? Or I mean, this is a collaboration with Catherine on the writing front, but Catherine and Davis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I would, you know, you work as part of a team. Everyone mm. works as part of a team. When I f- refer to we, I'd probably refer it more to my engineer P Dub, oh, who's right. also mixing the record. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Catherine as well, who's obviously co-wrote this track with me for the album. She's done a few with me for the album. Um, and we've been long-standing collaborators now for over a few years. As you say, it is classic you. Okay, here's here's the hook. Here's another one. Here's another chorus. Here's another chorus. And since I've known a little bit about the dynamic between you and Catherine Got to Know Her, I see this song as a kind of competition to see who can write the next best bit. Well, and you that know... That's how it was written. I mean, okay, I mean, this goes deep back to when I were... You know, to what your influences are and... Uh, and uh you know where ideas like that come from and uh, you know it can be anything from pink floyd to abba 
who all do that, you know. But um, when I seriously got into songwriting, I would sit and study other people's songs, you know, literally for hours and play them round. And, and to start with, I didn't know what they were. And in the end, I realised that ABBA always had two choruses. So if you didn't like the first one, you'd definitely like the second one. Legato it up, baby. You know, you'd like, you like, well, they always stick a key change at the end, so I can't get away with that. I'm not that corny. But I always love that about ABBA. You know, I'm a massive ABBA fan. Um, probably, uh, you know, one of the top two or three pop groups yeah. of all time. You know, yeah. the, one of the, the greatest catalogues. And the, uh, the underlines, I mean, obviously the arrangements, the productions, mm. the vocal performances are sensational as well. But the underlying songs are. Uh, Possibly where I originally came up with my idea to, once I'd got a chorus idea in, to then roll it on and try and come up with another yeah. one, an even higher one, you know, it take it somewhere more, else. Yeah. yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, that that will be my ABBA influence. Oh, yeah, right. you know, okay. short of saying, like, I stole the idea of ABBA, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> well, that, that is something that has entered my songwriting style style it doesn't always come out but it, it, it has entered it on a few occasions yeah. it's not on every track I do like yeah. the first single off EP1 feeling my heart run slow that just add a hook you know feeling my heart run slow yeah. feeling my heart run slow feeling my heart run slow and yeah. it's just like a little variation in the melody gave that you know it's it's money shot or it's magic moment or whatever yeah. you want to call it you know um, I don't want to be cynical about it, but I view the whole thing as a craft, and a, yeah. um, and I'll and I you know and I'll sit and I'll batter these things into shape with a hammer, yeah. and um, you know I've had many debates over the years with you the difference of art and craft yeah. and and this that and the other, and I think it's probably a combination of all of it, yeah. and a, and bit, a bit of showbiz, yeah, and a bit of bull as well, and how, yeah. how good your haircut is as well, but yeah. yeah, at the core of it, I think it's like a, a you know a, you know ninety odd percent craft. Eagle-eared, 
listeners to the podcast will know a little bit about the dynamic between you and Catherine. We spoke to her quite recently about the reissue of her record. When you're writing together, how do you decide who is going to essentially record that particular number? Okay. Um, well, I guess we have a, a you know a, a rule of thumb, which whoever comes up with the spark of the idea, okay. they they nick the songs for themselves. Right, okay. So the other person put all the graft in. For the <laughs> <laughs> I, sort this mess out. You know, it, to find a songwriting partnership is the most difficult thing mm. in the world. You know, I mean, the people who've done it on a massive scale and clicked are obviously you know legendary figures, and and it's really hard to find someone to do that with. And I think the first couple of times I did co-writing with Catherine, it was, you know, I think we probably just hit a, a brick wall two or three times because obviously my initial involvement with the Anchor S project was producing it, producing mm. the record. And it was only when we were halfway through, I think we just had a dead afternoon and we just said, oh, should we try and write a song? And we tried to write a couple before okay. that, maybe two or three, I think. We'd, we'd, Catherine had a writing room in the South Bank Centre and we'd done a couple there. And I think eventually um, we just one afternoon at her flat and she had the piano, I picked up her peerless guitar and we just wrote What Goes Around off the Anchorette oh, album wow. in okay. two hours. Bit of a classic, that one, as well. Yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the first time that we realised or were labelled prog, pop yeah. or whatever genre we've yeah. created or fallen into someone else's genre but you know it was just a mishap it was just it's yeah. how it came about with the tempo change in it and, mm. and the evolving sections and the yeah. two choruses and you know and, and that was a real moment of focus you know we really focused and got that song wow. uh, written because that know, was quite a long time ago I mean yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah, but you must be, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, you don't want to take anything away from Catherine, but you must be absolutely delighted the way that that, you know, award-winning, you know, award-winning, award-nominated record, Diane Caress, because essentially you were part of that process, taking that from, you know, demos, taking it away from a major label, and uh, and exposing it to the world. You must be delighted the way that went. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. That that, that the Diane Caress thing started at a major label. I think it was mm. the, the original tracks were done for A and M a while mm. back, and nothing came of it. And then I got in. I'd known Catherine around for a while since the. I think I think yeah, I just got one of her tracks when MySpace was around, or it was right. on her website and. She was just one of many musicians mm. in the orbit of my life, and eventually we sort of came together and realised that we, by doing the Anchor S album, it was an answer for both of us, really. You know, mm. um, I think Catherine's with different producers and what have you, and I was working with odds and sods of people and different things and running my studio in Acton. Mm. Um, and I think we realised if we both just did it ourselves mm. and finished it. And forget mm. about the fashion of the day, and yeah. we had a brief to ourselves up front, which was put what she did as a solo artist with a band mm. and play it as live and exciting as possible. And that's what we tried to achieve. I think we did achieve that, mm. and you know, it fell into a place in the modern music scene. In the and you know, it was viewed as a little bit left field and a little bit yeah. progressive, I guess, but it had a pop element to it, yeah. dream pop or whatever the hell they call yeah. it these days. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's when we came to the attention of, uh, you know, the K-Scope guys who contacted yeah. me and said, let's talk, you know, and then um, that went on for a long time, really. I probably didn't take it that seriously. And then mm. in the end, Catherine 
Catherine's record ended up on K-Scope yeah, and I took much, the plunge and did yeah. mine. How much was Stephen an influence in that? I mean, how much did you know about him before you started speaking to K-Scope? Oh, yeah, definitely. Stephen's a big influence. Uh, my old engineer, Mike Hunter, he'd, um, who works with Marillion now. He's just, mm. just done the last Marillion album. And uh, he said, go, you know, go and speak to Stephen Wilson. Oh, he right. signed to K-Scope. So I went out for lunch with Stephen uh, a couple of years back and said, you know, what are these guys like? And he was, uh, you know, he gave me the thumbs up, and I oh, and I was like, okay, you know, this is this is definitely a world I could see myself in. You know, it's mm-hmm. something that I've been part of in the past. You know, I was on mm-hmm. a major label doing like odd left field progressive segue yeah. music, and yeah. sort of vaguely laughed at and misunderstood at the yeah. time, but stuck to our guns and kept going. And and you know, and here we are. You know, yeah, so. okay. where are we at with spooky action? Then you mentioned it in passing there. That we know that that's the name of the. LP. Where are we at with that? Well, everything's written and recorded. All the backing tracks are recorded. Vocals are in, and we're just fiddling around with it to the death. Really, you know, it's just when when our deadline's given, we will hand it in. And um, I think the uh, I, I think we may well put the Stephen Wilson track on No mm-hmm. Ideas on the album at Stephen's request. Okay. Um, I met up with him the other week, and, and uh, he he was quite keen on that going on, and. Um, um, maybe looking at doing a, a doing something for his next album as well, and um, so yeah, that you know that's uh, today we, we're just working on a song for the next Anchorus album. Right, goodness me, so, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see the chords E flat. C yeah, the chords are right behind. E that. flat to C sharp. It's a it's that's a prog. Is, is it? Yeah, is it a related minor? Oh, I don't know. No, probably not. I don't know. I'm not technical. <laughs> it's different when it comes to the Joanna. Well, well, that's a Joanna. Yeah. That's a Joanna sequence. That we've, is. Yeah, we've got. Well, the verses. I think is it the verse? no. The chorus is, is five, five bar, rotating sequence. Nice. Like Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I don't know how it became five bars. Anathema are buggers for that. For doing well, five it, and you know, we, it, it, it was originally a four, then it went to six. We added an E flat and a C minor at the start, as you can see there at the bottom. And then we, then I couldn't get the melody lines to sit over it properly, so we took a bar out, and suddenly we were fully progged up. <laughs> A snippet of Don't You Wait, It Might Never Come before that part of Some Things Are Better Left Unsaid. And before that, the lead track from EP2, Friends Make the Worst Enemies. EP2 is out now. Spooky Action, the album on K-Scope next year. k 
kscopemusic.com forward slash Paul hyphen Draper. We spoke about Catherine Ann Davis there, professionally known as the Anchoress. Her debut album co-produced and partly co-written by Paul Draper has recently been awarded Welsh Album of the Year by HMV Stores and was nominated for the Welsh Music Prize last week. After winning the Limelight Award at the Prog Magazine Awards this year, it's been a pretty good year all round. Catherine's out playing with Simple Minds in their band as part of their acoustic tour and is also the support band for Simple Minds and she'll perform her last Anchoress gig of the year at King's Place London on Saturday the 17th of December. Her Glasgow date, by the way, has been rescheduled. That'll be in January next year at St Luke's. Let's hear from the Anchoress's debut album Confessions of a Romance Novelist. This is called Long Year, the acoustic version. Don't be 
the Anchoress from the expanded version of the album Confessions of a Romance Novelist. That's the acoustic version of Long Year. Now, Sam Healy, who records for K-Scope as a band at North Atlantic Oscillation and as a solo artiste, Sand, there's a new North Atlantic Oscillation collection coming out on K-Scope entitled Lightning Strikes the Library. Let's hear a track from that before we hear from Sam. This is North Atlantic Oscillation. This is called Glare.
from the new K-Scope collection, Lightning Strikes the Library. That's North Atlantic Oscillation and a track entitled Glare. Now, Sam Healy from North Atlantic Oscillation and Sand is up in Edinburgh and I'm down near London. So I thought, hmm, I wonder if he'll interview himself. What's your relationship like with this stuff now? I don't tend to listen to a lot of my own stuff after they're done certainly not in the couple of months or maybe years after the album is finished because you know if you listen to a song maybe a thousand times during you know from the writing up to the finished product uh, it's the last thing that you kind of ever want to hear again I do sometimes you know after that phase has worn off I'll have a listen just to make sure that something disastrous didn't happen you know on the way to the to or from the cd manufacturers but i don't tend as a rule i don't listen to a lot of my own older stuff uh playing it live is a slightly different kettle of fish because each time is different and you can kind of explore different areas of the song that might interest you now more than they did when you wrote it and then maybe spend you know uh, have a less of an emphasis on the elements that are of less interest now. Um, never been a second question. Never been a touring band as such. Has that been a problem? No, I think that these days the music industry, being what it is, all bets are off. There's no um, there's no set trajectory for a band to follow. You can play live every day of the week. You can never play live. You can release an album every month. You can never release recorded material. It really depends on your fans, on what you want to do and on how you work. Um, I've always been, I guess, more of a studio musician. So the, the, the band not playing a hell of a lot of live gigs is not something that that I lose sleep over. I do think that we have we've we became a pretty good live band having struggled with it for many years i think in kind of around the third day tour in 2014 we finally got our sea legs in terms of live performance uh what are the nao chaps up to um ben is studying to be a tree surgeon and uh chris is proud father of Many children. Um, is there going to be more NAO? Definitely, yeah. Um, that's a question that I've been asked a lot recently because of the release of Lightning Strikes, the library and of the second Sand album. So yes, there definitely will be more NAO. I don't know what form it will take, but it's uh, you can count on there being new NAO material before the sun goes out.
couple of examples of the work of Mr. Sam Healy. That one, recording as Sand from the first Sand album, that's entitled A Pill to Keep the Plane from Crashing. And before that, you heard from the new North Atlantic Oscillation Collection, Lightning Strikes at the Library, and a track entitled Glare. kscopemusic.com forward slash N-A-O. Had the great pleasure of uh, catching up in central London with Mr. Aviv Geffen earlier on this week, and you'll hear that interview next year. Blackfield 5 is collaboration with Stephen Wilson, and Alan Parsons is out on K-Scope on the 10th of February 2017 on CD and Blu-ray, CD, double LP, and a single LP picture disc. I'm going to play a little teaser for you from Blackfield 5.
shame Beautiful and pale snippet there of what you can expect from Blackfield 5 out on K-Scope 10th of February. Now, Bruce Sword from The Pineapple Thief has recently taken his guitar on the road in the United States as the support act for Stephen Wilson and band. And The Pineapple Thief are going out with the full band in January and February throughout Europe with Gavin Harrison on drums of Porcupine Tree, King Crimson and so forth. And also there's going to be in the new year a picture disc vinyl version of Your Wilderness. So with all that in mind, a good excuse to play the acoustic version of Tear You Up, The Pineapple Thief.
Pineapple Thief in the acoustic version of uh, Tear You Up. Right, before I go, uh, a reminder that the podcast is available on various platforms, casecopemusic.com forward slash podcasts to see them all. And we've added Acast to that list, www.acast.com. And I'm going to play out with the award-winning I Am The Morning, who stunned us all with an amazing show at Bush Hall in West London recently. They, of course, won the Prog Magazine Album of the Year. So to celebrate all that, their debut album, Belighted, is now available on K-Scope on double vinyl. I am the morning then from Belighted. This is entitled Reprise of Light. No Light. No Light. 